0: Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have in Infante, licensed psychotherapist, executive consultant, master coach, keynote speaker. Welcome to the show, Vin. Thanks, AJ great to have you on the show win and we'll be talking about how to master your mindset and unlock your inner leadership leader with Vin Infante. uh when firstly you know everybody wants to be a leader and you talk of mindset so if everybody will unlock their you know leadership capabilities unlock their you know mindset and have that mindset of a leader then who will be a follower so who is who should actually get into this path of you know uh mastering their mindset and unlocking their inner leader how do you see this thing who is this leadership for
1: yeah well leadership for everyone right i actually don't think there needs to be followers in the sense that Leadership to me I've come to understand is it doesn't have to do with a title or a role or a position what it really has to do with is how you show up in your life and so everyone is a leader in their own right right for instance you have you may maybe you're a CEO maybe you're not but you still have different titles you might be a father you might be a, a husband you might be a son you might be a wife or a daughter or you know any of those things so when we're talking about leadership, Leadership is actually asking, how do you show up most powerfully for the roles that you have in your life? Because everyone has roles, even if you're not the CEO. If you're a janitor, cool. How do you show up as the best janitor? If you're a teacher, best teacher. I could use this for anything. So that's really what I'm talking about with leadership. And and my understanding uh, about leadership and another piece that I think is really important is that leaders create leaders. It isn't about inspiring or having people follow you. It's about how you create and empower people that can lead because when they lead, you live a life of happiness. You live a life of fulfillment. You live a life of joy. Sure, you may not be the CEO of the company, but if you're the best janitor in the world or you're the best teacher or you're the best father, if that matters to you, right, that's what leadership is. It's about stepping powerfully into those things. So that's the leadership aspect. And the mindset piece is about understanding what you can and cannot control. It's about knowing that there's really only five things in life that you can control, and they all stem back to the internals. It's all about your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, your emotions, and the things you say, your language. So when we talk about master mindset, it's about really combining those five key components and looking at every situation in life and saying, okay, what's at least one, because there's always one. So what is at least one aspect of every situation I can control? And if you have more, you're probably going to feel more control, which will make you feel better. And so that's really what I talk about with mindset mastery. And that's what I talk about with leadership. So that's my spiel.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So what I understand is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that sure. leadership is about a particular mindset. Mindset where you are trying to be the best version of yourself. Have I put it right?
1: I would, I love that definition AJ.
0: Okay. Thank you. So if leadership and mindset that helps me uh, achieve the best version of mindset uh, of myself and that leadership Mm -hmm. is not about titles and that everybody can be a leader and be the best version in any sort of relationship that they have in their day to day life either as a worker, as a friend, or even as a uh, as a family man. Then why is it that we have so much of uh, leadership, uh, you can say, deficit everywhere? Why is it that people are not able to fulfill that leadership role, which is spread out in every sphere of our life? how do you see that is there a problem with the way we live is there a problem with our mindset is that everybody has to dive deep into their inner psyche and unlock the leader that is hidden or is captive down there how do you see it as a uh, as a uh, as a licensed psychotherapist uh, when how do you see it as an executive consultant when you know when you talk to different sort of people who come to you for coaching or for advice, either business leaders or individuals where their lead they're, the leader within is held captive by none other but perhaps by themselves. <clears throat> Several questions at the same time, but so that you know you can answer them <laughs> at your own pace. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna combine them all and give a great answer. <laughs> so Absolutely. I look at it as there's a lot of problems in today's society. Many people, one, I would attribute it to social media. I think social social media really dilutes and warps our perception of what reality is, right? So let's look at a time where there was no social media, for instance. If you didn't own a Ferrari, would you give a crap? The answer would be most likely no. And then the only time you would be reminded that you don't own a Ferrari is, is on the very rare occasion that one drives past you. And then you'll think, ah, uh, it'd be nice if I had more money and could get that Ferrari. But you'll forget it in a minute. So now let's forward to today's age. Every day you're going to see a freaking Ferrari on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. You're going to see engine. You're going to see the girlfriend that's hotter than yours or the guy that's hotter than yours. You're going to see – the bank account with million dollars, you see the private jet, you are constantly getting bombarded and reminded of the abundance that you not get to experience. And so social media has this habit of making us realize that we have less than. And I don't believe those lifestyles are for everyone. I'm an entrepreneur. I own multiple businesses aside from my coaching business. I also do a lot of other stuff. I do invest, etc. My life is very... <laughs> It's very jam-packed. It is very stressful at times. I feel alone a lot of the time because I have a very different mindset and so it's very hard to connect with people to have those conversations. My lifestyle is for everyone. Most people do not want to work the amount that I work. Most people don't want to do the amount of things that I do and that's completely okay. But then it's all to say, they don't need to be reminded of this 24 seven, right? And so, I think social media is one of the bigger contributing factors. Second factor we kind of brought up before was like, do we need to dive deep into the psyche? And the answer is yes, you are correct. That is a great question. It's true. A lot of people don't look deep enough in themselves to ask, what does the best version of me look like? Okay, I'm not destined to be a multimillion dollar CEO. Cool. How can I be happy with my life as it is? Or what can I do to improve my life even more? why should I be happy with my life? How do I elevate my relationships? How do I elevate my friendships? You know, in a lot of leadership meeting that I do with my clients and and companies I work with, I always go through John Maxwell's uh, material. John Maxwell is one of the world's leading renowned leadership coaches, and he's phenomenal. And I'm not going to go through a bunch of stuff, but I am going to go through one piece. He has this thing, it's called levels of leadership. And anyone who's listening, you guys could look it up. I'm not going to go through it all. We don't need to, but there's the final tier, which I I love this tier. The final tier of the leadership, uh, the levels of leadership is called pinnacle. It's level five. There's only five levels. And pinnacle is really interesting because it says at this level, people follow you because of who you are. I think that's probably one of the most powerful things you could ever understand. That's why I say leadership isn't about a title. If you're a CEO, but you suck, like you're just not a good person, people are going to follow you because they have to. And that's level one leadership. People follow you because there's a bill that says you need to be followed. But if you really want to inspire people in life, you need to get to level five. You need to be that pinnacle. And you can be a pinnacle in your personal life. Inspire your wife to follow you. Inspire your children to follow you. Inspire the people Around you, like friends, family, anyone and everyone that matters. That's pinnacle. Inspire people by who you are and what they do. Don't, don't let people call you lazy. Don't let people say that you waste your time with frivolous activities. Don't let people know you have terrible vices and addictions. And that. it's not even just let them know, overcome them. Right. And so this is what we really need to do if we want to step into better levels of leadership. And that's where mindset comes in. Right. Because now we're asking better questions lead to better results in life and we're asking what are the standards you could hold well if you're sitting there and you're playing video games for 15 hours a day and you know you let your wife handle everything around the house and you don't really contribute much chances are you're not a very good leader right you're not going to be admired you're not going to be respected you're not going to be followed because who you are is someone that isn't performing doing much of anything and so nobody's going to be inspired to follow you but if you ask those better questions and you say hey I'm not really doing much with my life. How do I start doing more? Well, that's where you start getting people to tune in.
0: Right, right. Now, talking of, you know, Ferrari, I think if you want to go on a safari, it's for everybody. Anybody can go for a safari, but you don't for that. You don't need to chase a Ferrari. But even if you uh, want to have a Ferrari, you still want to go on a safari. That's the problem. If I put it in a very simple common man's sense that we Seem to have hmm. lost our. Age. Perhaps we don't even know what our mindsets are. What exactly yes. we want. So when I want to understand, how does a person know? And sorry for that bad joke. Means that's that's the way. But I thought that's that's a very simple way. As an Indian, we yeah. sometimes joke out things and putting those two three words together and try to simplify things for the for ourselves and maybe for it. the friends. But this is less, this is just a friendly conversation. So, when how does a person know what his or her mindset is about? How do they know? How do I know what is the correct mindset for me? This is the destination mm. that I need to reach. Because as I said, I might have a this mindset of a safari sort of a thing. But I am running up behind a Ferrari to chase and get a Ferrari. Then my destination right. is wrong. My mindset is wrong. How do I know? Uh, How do I do that course correction? How do I know what exactly is right for me? What's the correct mindset for me?
1: Well, I'd like to argue that there is never really a correct mindset, right? The best way to know if your mindset is helping or hurting you is, are the thoughts you're having regularly and every day upsetting you or making you feel better, right? I feel like it's a very, people complicate things so much right? And, and that's why I love what I do because people come to me and it's so like complex. They're like, Vin, I have this anxiety and I'm struggling with this and I don't get that and I'm blah, blah, blah. And they're like, it's, it's complex, right? And I'm like, no, I was like, everything in life is really actually very simple because everything really kind of is black and white. If we want to talk about mindset, right? The easiest way to say it is, are the thoughts you're having, are they making you happy? Are they helping you or not? Right? Like that's it. If they're great, cool. If they're not, that's a problem, change it, fix it, think about it differently. And so we can easily tell if our mindset is helping us or hurting us by that process. Now, one of the biggest things is that people have been programmed throughout their life. And sometimes they're not even aware. Sometimes don't even know like, oh, you know, I'm focusing on this specific thing. And this specific thing isn't making me happy. Or they're not getting to a level of honesty. Where they're like, well, I'm really, you know, you keep using the example. I'm really focused on like, I want this Ferrari. I want this Ferrari. But like, I don't want to work at the capacity that it takes for me to get the Ferrari. So then, why do you want the Ferrari? Like it actually, like if you think about it, logically, it doesn't make any sense. You don't want to put in the work to get the Ferrari. Why are you depressed? You don't have one. And I think that's because we're conditioning ourselves to want things we don't necessarily need. And then because of the fact that we get wrapped up in that culture of like, well, I want it, I want it. And so we could start looking at how do we change this on a subconscious level? I'll give your audience a little bit of actionable steps here, right? Is start kind of paying attention to the thoughts you have every day. There's a lot of really interesting research on the mind and how it works. 95% of everything that we do daily, thoughts, feelings, actions, behaviors. These are the same thoughts, feelings, actions, and behaviors from the day before. And the day before that, and the week before, and the month before, and the year before, and the five years before. And so... What I challenge people to do is start paying attention to the thoughts you're having often. I talk a little bit about journaling sometimes, right, where it doesn't even have to be super structured. There's a really cool um, exercise I learned when I was training uh, around cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like my background, my specialty. And there was this exercise of take a journal, take a blank notebook, write down every situation that happens to you every situation that inspires emotion, and write down the thought and the emotion. Put no explanation, no context. Like, don't try and defend the thought, the emotion, whatever. Leave it alone. Just put thought, emotion, like, that guy's stupid, I'm angry. Because if you do this, for what they said, the the approximate time is about two months. If you do this every day for two months, you will have such a clear, concise view of what your thought process is and what your emotional home is and I'm going to just define that real quick. The emotional home is what our most consistent emotions are that, can, that come up, that we go back to because they're the most familiar, right? So if you do this every day for two months, you'll get to really understand what is your emotional home and what is your consistent thought process. And if you do this every day for two months and you start really building that pattern and understanding, wow, I see that nine out of 10 situations, I'm angry. I must be an angry person. Well, you're not an angry person. That's a terrible definition. But the reality is you are programmed to respond with anger. But now that you have that conscious awareness, the question is, what do we do with that? And so this is where I'll give your audience that last step, right? Now that you have the conscious awareness, it's to ask yourself, what's an emotion you'd like to feel more of? And then challenge yourself to respond with that. So if you notice you're always feeling anger, you say, well, I would like to feel more happiness. Great. So now the question is, You're conscious that you're angry. You're conscious that you're thinking it. You're conscious that you're responding of it. How do we consciously implement more happiness? Well, that's the same as asking, if a situation comes up, how would a happy person respond to that? What would a happy person do? What would they think? What would they say? And this is where, and it's not forcing a false reality. This is where you're creating a new narrative. So that's the part of now you're going to challenge yourself to respond differently to situations. And so this is this is one of the biggest ways that I try to help people like understand you can reprogram your mind. It just it takes a little bit of work, but it's really easy.
0: Right, Bill. Right. I like this. If I if I heard correctly, emotional home. Am, am I right? You are correct. Okay. So it is like building a special home in your mind, and some some it's a place a cozy place where you always go back to. It's almost like your reference manual. It's almost like your cozy bubble that you want to always go back to. Now, what about those people who have a victim sort of a feeling all the time? And they go back to those feelings. That emotional home is not very Mm -hmm. comfortable. How do they build it into a cozy home that, you know, that they can... Many people, even they are following the right destination, right path in their life, they are full of anxiety. And when there is too much of expectation in some societies, there is expectation of friends and families from you. Sometimes you have too much expectation of your own self, and that leads to depression. That, side, your, that emotional home is a bit more like a very difficult, difficult home. How do you sure. make it a happy emotional home for yourself? That is the right home and that is the right one for you so that you feel happy going back to it. And any, everybody else that you take them with, with you into that home, they are also very happy going with you. Otherwise, people will always avoid you if you are not a happy person.
1: Sure. So sometimes it's about moving out and getting a new house. You already messed up your house too much, man. We need a new house, you can't even clean this one. And And so it's very interesting. I I like that you brought up that that question about people who struggle with victimhood. I actually used to struggle with victimhood. I I still find it fascinating to myself, see, because a lot of people don't know my story, but I still find it very fascinating to myself as to where I am today, right? I help consult and lead leaders. I help consult people that run million-dollar companies. I help consult people that need to make hard decisions like firing people and what to do next with their company and their business. Meanwhile, Less than 10 years ago, I used to struggle with panic attacks. I used to be unable to make any decisions. I used to have to call my therapist because I couldn't make a decision on my own without having crippling anxiety. I used to have depression. I used to struggle with suicidal thoughts. I used to be such a victim to the world that I quite frankly forget even being here and in this position where I'm a a mindset coach. I used to, I didn't even know if I was still going to be alive after like those, those years right? I was ready to end it. And so when we talk about victimhood, it definitely hits a place close to my heart because I know the suffering that comes from it. I was there for so long, so, so long, like most of my life. And the things that really changed for me was a big part of what I was talking about with mastering your mindset. See, victimhood comes from you feeling that things are out of your control. And you even gave, gave a great example, expectations of the family. Like who gives a shit about your family? Right. Like, that's a big thing. People like, oh, I'm worried about my family things. Why? Who cares? Like, you do realize when your parents or whoever's putting those expectations on you die, you're left with what? You're left with nothing. You're left that you were living your life for them. They're finally dead. Now you don't know who to live your life for because it certainly wasn't for you. And so you've built nothing that you wanted out of life. And you're left even more depressed and more confused because now you have no one giving you direction. And so victimhood is really a state of giving up your power, giving up your control. And for me, coming out of victimhood was understanding two big pieces. One, radical self-acceptance and radical acceptance of the world. Now, radical acceptance is just a very simple term. It means accept things as they are. That's it. Whatever has happened has happened. You can't change that. Whether you are happy with it or sad with it, too bad. It's over. It's done. Let it go. Close the book. Start a new chapter, right? That's radical acceptance. Number two is extreme ownership, and this is where I talk about that mindset mastery. Extreme ownership is the understanding that every situation that comes up in life, you have a power and you can respond to it how you want. Anxiety, you know, anxiety from expectations from your family. Cool. Who gives a shit? Stop responding to them. Stop listen listening to their expectations. Stop trying to live up to it. That's your choice and then you could say well my family would be mad at me if i don't okay so you always have a choice you could deal with the fact that your family will be mad at you and you'll be building your own path in life which will ultimately lead to your happiness or you could keep being unhappy and listen to your parents and let them dictate your life but if you're going to keep doing that be okay with it cuz that's your choice and i know a lot of the people like i've dealt with many different cultures and you know i've heard the whole thing with like oh well my parents you're, you you you're white, you don't my parents would beat the hell out of me. Then take your beating, man. Like take your beating. If that's what's if that's what it takes for you to gain your personal freedom and live a life that you want to live, take your beating and be done with it. Because life always gives you a choice and how you're gonna respond, and then what you're gonna make of that choice is how you're gonna feel. And so, you know, you're not gonna be understood by a lot of people. My my mom didn't really understand when I left the I used to be a firefighter. I left a very safe, secure job as a firefighter with pension and benefits to pursue entrepreneurship. And all a parent ever wants for their child is to know they're going to be okay and that they're going to have security and that they're going to be fine in life, financially and all that. So when she saw me leaving my career to pursue whatever the heck I'm doing, (laughs) she was like, no, no, please stay, please stay. And I was like, mom, I have to go. I have to do it. And I was okay with like the fact that she might be disappointed in me. And I was okay with the fact that it might hurt her feelings a little. And so if people are really struggling to get out of that victim mentality, it's to really ask yourself, like, who are you living for? Because it's not you. If you're in a victim state, and my heart goes out to you if you still are, but it, understand, like, you're not living for you. You're not making decisions for you. You're you're giving people power over you. You're giving them power over emotions, power over your actions, power over your thoughts. And And every time you give away your power, you make yourself weaker and weaker. And that victim mentality is the response to weakness. And it's not to say you have to be ironclad and you have to be giving the middle finger to everyone and you have to tell the world to shove it where they want. But it is to say you need to learn how you can take your power back and start doing things for you. Like what's in line with your heart? What's in line with your head? And that's my advice.
0: Right, Win. right. Now talking, taking example of your story. Two questions at the same time is that you were always very aware of yourself. You could still take decisions. Then what is it that you did right or wrong that led you to become a victim in front of your eyes or leading you to that deep suicidal depression, even panic attacks? And then what is it that you discovered in yourself or somebody else helped you to become yeah, somebody who created life instead of being dragged through it how did you make this big shift in your own life from uh from nearly the end to being the person that you are who is in front of you this is a big inspiration wow. this can be the big inspiration for people you know nothing like like the real example in front of you that's the real story sure. that's the that's the Uh, That's the real example that people will follow. Forget about any other words.
1: Perfect. Love it. Well, a lot of it comes down, like to answer your first question, a lot of it comes down to what I was just saying. When I was in these terrible states, it's because I gave away my power, right? I got bullied a lot as a kid and I gave away my emotional power to the bullies. I started experiencing anxiety and fear and sadness because I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to get picked on. I didn't want to get, you know, all these, I was thrown in trash cans. I was pushed into lockers. I did not want to deal with that crap. And so I would give away my emotions, right? I would allow them to influence me. Uh, When I was home, my parents were great parents, but they would have a few thoughts about what I should do with my life. And I would listen to them because I was like, well, you know, my parents probably know best because they've been through life. Like I should listen to them. And so it stopped me from doing some things I wanted to do because it was just like, oh, well, if they already know, I should I should listen. But I never took the right actions, right? Because the right actions would have been doing what I want to do and learning if it was right or wrong for me and building that understanding myself as opposed to being told it and then just being like, okay, right? So these were a few of the things that I noticed that I was doing that continued to put me in these disempowered states. And when I was looking back on it, there were so many things I could have done, like like a piece of the advice I was just giving your audience is like, so what? So what that your parents say, don't do this or do this? Like, do it. Do it yourself. See what happens. Who cares? Like, trust that even if you mess up, you'll be able to recover. And so a big portion of why I was so depressed and so sad was really due to that, like is due to the fact that I wasn't living my life for me. I was living it in fear of bullies. I was living it for my parents. I was living it to avoid pain. I was living it to avoid, you know, if my if my parents said, "Hey, you wouldn't like this experience." I was living it to avoid the experience. And so it's really about when you start taking back control. And this is what led me to having this massive breakthrough. And I I, I always remember it, it's like plastered in my mind because I'll never forget the day. It was the summer. I just graduated college I graduated with my master's degree and i quit i used to work two jobs as the time i was a personal trainer and I was a mental health worker in a, in a hospital and so I quit both of those jobs I was taking the summer to figure something out i had money in the bank and I was just hanging and I was kind of depressed though and I never and I'll never forget like I was so frustrated life was pretty good right i just graduated as 23 I had my master's I was getting ready to like go get a career and do all this cool stuff and I was like Driving around in a Camaro, you know, there's a great sports car. I love that thing. I got it myself with my money. I got a few tattoos. Like, I was cool, man. I was living the life. I had a hot girlfriend. Like, you couldn't compare to me. And my body was good. I finally got in shape. I had this Masters. I, I had the life, like, right in front of me It was my whole world. And I was still freaking messed up on the inside. I, I Man, I tell you, I was like, what the hell? And I remember I walked into the bathroom. I was still living with my parents at the time. I walked into the bathroom in in my parents' house. And I'm like, I'm just looking down. And I'm like, why Why am I so, like, what's wrong with me? Why am I still so angry? Why am I still so sad? Like, what's all the issues that I'm experiencing here? And before I give you that answer, I'm going to play back a little because I skipped a piece of the story. When I was a victim in high school, I didn't like who I was. I started hating everything about me. So going into college, I wrote on all my transcripts. Instead of writing Vincent, I wrote Vincenzo. And it's a very small shift, right? It's only two letters. But it was me creating a new identity, a new persona. You see, Vincent was this loser that got bullied and picked on. But Vincenzo, Vincenzo was cool. Vincenzo worked out. Vincenzo spiked his hair. Vincenzo grew a beard. Vincenzo did all these things that made him really cool, but he didn't work on in here. And so he started getting attention from all these girls. And he started – I didn't even have my first girlfriend until I was 19, man. That's how much I got freaking rejected and bullied, right? But Vincenzo started getting attention from girls, which he never had. Vincenzo started having people want to be his friend, which I never had. Vincenzo was all of a sudden really, really cool, but Vincent never was. So he didn't know what to do with that. So like anyone, I did what was logical. I went out drinking every night. <laughs> and I started trying to be cool, but I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't work on in here. So I fixed all the external stuff. And my mental health continued to get worse and worse progressively, like downward spirals, worse panic attacks, mental breakdowns even. And things continued to get really, really bad. And so at 23, they still weren't fixed. Now we're going to come back to that moment in the bathroom. And so at 23, I'm living the life. I'm cool as hell. I got girlfriend, tattoos, beard, good body, fast car, money in the bank, everything I could want. And I'm in the bathroom and I'm pissed off and I bang on the counter and I say, what is still missing? And I looked up and I looked in the mirror and I go, um, you're Vincent. And that was the first time in seven years I said my actual name, my own name. And in that moment, and I still get chills talking about it, man. I love it. I love it. But in that moment, I actually just I felt good. Like that moment where I said my name, I swear to God, and nobody has to believe me. Don't matter. Doesn't I don't care if you do, I know my experience. The minute I said my name, I actually felt peace. For the first time in seven years, I felt peace. And I realized it's because I was running from myself. The problem, all of my mental anguish, all of my mindset, all of the internal feelings that I had that were not contributing to my life were coming from the fact that I didn't want to accept myself. And there's so many things in that, right? I didn't accept that I was bullied. I didn't accept that I struggled with all these things. I didn't accept so many problems that I had from my past because I was trying to recreate myself to, to, I guess, avoid them. And so in that moment in the mirror, that's what I call it. (laughs) In that moment in the mirror, everything changed for me. And I said, you know what? I got bullied. So what? Who cares? I got bullied. They didn't bully me because I'm Vin. They bullied me because they suck and I was the target. It doesn't matter. Who cares? It's over. It's like I'm 23. I got bullied at 18. I've been been cool for six years. Who cares, man? And I started just letting it go. And I started saying, you know what? What am I going to do different? In fact... How do you want to be remembered? You want people to look at you and say, wow, hey, there's Vin. That guy's weak. He's a victim. He's a, you know, he, he has panic attacks. He has anxiety. He has depression. That kid's suicidal. This, I was like, do you really want to be remembered like that? And I had a really hard, long conversation with myself in the mirror, so much so that if someone walked in, they probably could have called the, the services that would come with a straight jacket. <laughs> but that was honestly the biggest thing I had to do to change my life, and that's what everybody should be doing have a really freaking hard conversation with yourself in a mirror if you have to and ask yourself is this how you want to be remembered is this how you want people to say hey i know that guy he's x y and z and so when i asked myself those questions i said you're a victim you like this anxiety crap you like the panic attacks you want to keep doing that i was like no hell no this sucks great who do you want to be known as i was like oh that's easy i want to be confident i want to be strong i want to be inspiring I want to be happy. I want to be loving. I want to be joyous. And I just went on and on and on. And then I was like, great. So you know who you want to be. Get fucking moving. And that's when I started really putting in place, doing the things that would get me those results. What does a happy person look like? What does a leader look like? What does a confident person look like? What's a joyous person look like? A positive person. Start doing that, man. And so I did it. And it it just snowballed from there. And I'm still a work in progress. We all are. There's never going to be a day I'm going to turn around and be like, I'm done. Self-improvement is about the process. It's not about the end result. The end result is nothing. The common misconception people have is they think self-improvement is about the end goal. But the reality is a goal is merely a measure of who you're evolving into. See, if you were already that person, it wouldn't be a goal. You'd just be living that life. So I'm in love with the process of continuing to be a better leader, more confident, more inspiring, more loving every single day. I don't think there's a top for that. And so every day I'm still working on me. Making-
0: right, right. Uh, great story. In fact, very inspiring indeed. Uh, been, and those are the actual stories who uh, in which people are interested. In. And these stories themselves give all the remedies and all the solutions to Different problems that people have, like from being a firefighter, dousing external flames and, and everywhere. Now, you being where you people take care of the fire that is within them, which is burning them from within. And
1: yeah.
0: that's that's the real stuff that you are about. That's the progress yeah. that you have made. And that's the pro, that's the path you help people walk their walk, the walk others to walk on help others to walk on so is it about about the relationship with the self is this whole story and everything about mindset about happiness is it about the internal is it about our relationship with the self and once we start making that progress or you know making that walk within that we actually will come to the right destination of the right growth mindset and to the destination of happiness? Is this, we can tell it in in, in 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 short, if we want to say it? How do you look at it?
1: Everything comes down to the self. We don't see life as it is. We see life as we are. I don't feel I have to go too far into that explanation, honestly. I think that one's powerful enough because That's the reality. One to realize if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. It's not not too much that you have to figure out. It's like I said, this stuff's really simple. We just make it complex. If you see the world as you are, chances are if you think life sucks, there's a lot going on in there that you really got to figure out. But if you think life is amazing, I could guess that you're probably got a lot of good things going on in your life, right? And so I always tell people, You just have to remember that whatever you believe to be true is what's going to be true. The question is, is it making you happier or not? And that's where I bring it back to one of the original points we made at the start. It's like I said, mindset's very simple. You just think about are the thoughts I'm having making my life better or not? And if
0: they're not, change them. If they are, do more of it. Right. Right. A lot of people who are from the business side, They must be talking to you. A lot of people want to create impact. They come with that idea. Then they want to make profit. Then they want to buy a Ferrari. Then they want to buy many Ferraris. Does that lead to happiness? (laughs) Some people come to you with the aim to buy one Ferrari. Some people might be coming to you with several Ferraris and still they are not happy. What would you tell people who are starting that journey and somebody who is Amidst that whole concept of many Ferraris in their life, how do you tell them what exactly is right happiness? What exactly is your inner leader? How exactly you would want to be remembered? Is it about profit? Is it about value? Is it about the right leadership? Is it about being the right inspiration to others? How? What is your true self? How does one meet their true self? Amidst all these things that are clouding you from meeting yourself.
1: Right. You know, it's very interesting where I've worked with both sides of the spectrum. I've worked with super successful people who have plenty of money and great business. And then they're very miserable. And then we're at the other side of it where people's business is what makes them miserable, but they're very happy otherwise. (laughs) And it's always kind of the common thing. When you have the seven Ferraris, if you did it for the wrong reasons, you're going to be miserable. I mean, you can have seven Ferraris and be extremely happy. See, money is interesting because people have weird perceptions of money. You probably heard, oh, money changes people, right? Money's never changed anyone. Money's just a tool like anything else. If you give a hammer, which is a tool, to an apprentice, he's going to utilize it very differently than if you give it to a master. Because it's about how you use the tool. The like. The hammer is not going to change the apprentice or the master. They're still going to be both. They're still going to be who they are. They're just going to use the tool differently. And that's the same for money. Money is an enhancer. It doesn't change. If you have more money, you have more to be happy with. If you have more money but you're sad, you have more to be sad with, which is why you have people that have like these million-dollar mansions and they wind up hanging themselves in their homes because it's not about the money. It's not about the mansion. It's not about any of that. A lot of the times what I've seen is why these people that have seven Ferraris – for your example, (laughs) they have the seven Ferraris, but they're not happy is because they thought and they put the wrong emphasis on what would make them happy. They said, Hey, if I get the seven Ferraris, I prove to the world that I am a man, that I am the best man. And then they get the seven Ferraris. And honestly, nobody gives a shit because nobody really cares. And then they get there and they're like, wow. So you mean to tell me for the past 20 years, All the relationships I sacrificed, all the hard, long nights, all the, all the, you know, I missed my child's birth or I, I, you know, my mom died and I was working on her funeral. You mean all of that still won't make me happy? Like I finally hit this goal to have seven Ferraris and I have them and nobody cares. Like that devastates people because they thought having the thing would make them worthy of life, would make them worthy of, you know, knowing that they're good enough. Would make them lovable, whatever they were working towards, and so they've sacrificed so much, and now they see they've gotten nothing from it. And that's what sends people that are like at the top here in the business, making tons of money, straight into a downward spiral, and have to call me. (laughs) But on on the other side, when we see if you choose the wrong reasons to become or the right reasons to become successful, right? If you choose the right reasons to work hard in life. Ultimately, happiness follows. If you don't say, I want a, I want seven Ferraris, instead, you just say, I want to make a million dollars and I want to use that for impact. I want to think about all the good things I can do. I'm gonna to donate to this charity and help my parents. I'm gonna help my daughter. I'm gonna help my girlfriend. I'm gonna help my brother. I'm gonna help my friends. I'm gonna, you know, open a charity, I'm gonna do this. You're doing it for reasons that are bigger than you. You see, happiness truly comes when we can focus on others because in life. It's not about what you have in your wallet. It's about what you have in your heart. What you have in your wallet is typically a reflection of your work ethic, or it's typically a reflection of the difficulty of problems that you solve, or even better, it's typically a result of the value you provide in this world. And don't get me wrong. Everybody's valuable valuable and immeasurable in their own way, right? But if I could solve a problem that will save you $500,000, you'll probably pay me more than if I were to, I don't know, fold the pizza box. <laughs> we could all fold pizza boxes. It's a little harder to solve $500,000 problems though. And so that's where I say, it's like, it's not about focusing on the money aspect. It's about focusing on what you could do with that money. So if you want to get seven Ferraris because you want to give away six of them, I don't know. I don't know who would do that, but cool. That would actually be a pretty worthy goal because what you're saying is I want to get seven Ferraris. I want to give away six and I want to experience what that feeling is to give away six Ferraris and make six people extremely happy by gifting them this thing. And so when people are experiencing the happiness and the sadness, it's really about their focus. Are you focused on getting back or are you focused on taking and getting for you? Are you focused on relationships or are you focused on your relationship period? Are you focused on what impact and and how you're going to change the world or how you're going to help and contribute to the world? Or are you focused on what can the world give me? I deserve it. And that's the biggest difference that I see when working with tons of people. What will make people happier or what will make them sadder?
0: Right, right. And all those people who would want to connect with you, either who want to, you know, achieve the goal of going to a jungle jungle safari with their family and people who want to buy many Ferraris in their life and are working (laughs) towards that, and you're building businesses and whatnot, how can they connect with you?
1: Uh, they can reach me pretty much on any social media platform. I'm on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. I just started doing a Twitter and uh, you know it's all the same. It's all Vin Infante. Like you can see my name here and you could also go to my website. You could go to um, vincentinfante.life. So it's just my name spelled out and there's a free resource on there. Anyone could download if they'd like. It's a, it's a mission board template. It's my version of a vision board. It's much more effective and much better. <laughs> That's why I made it. And uh, there's also free strategy sessions. So if you're curious about working with me, you could book a free call. We could talk about if we're a good fit or not, and uh, go from there.
0: Right. My last question to you, Win, uh, is that now you you are a very successful man, and I also take it that you are a very happy man. Though, as you said that it's a work in progress. It's it's almost with everybody. Some people less or more. But where is it that you see the ideal happiness for yourself? Where is it that you, you are a young man still and 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 you are a very inspiring person? Where do you want to go from here? Where do you see yourself where you will achieve the actual type of happiness that you are? Aiming for or looking for?
1: I feel like I'm already living it, honestly. You know, it's interesting, right? So right now I'm 31. By 30 years old, I've achieved every life goal I set out. By 30 years old, I I had became a licensed psychotherapist. I had became a firefighter. Those were my two childhood dreams. And then I had a third goal that I wanted when I was uh, in my early 20s, which was to Become an entrepreneur and start a business. So by 30 years old, I did all of these. And then I was like, well, crap. It's like, what do I have to do with my life? I think I've won. Like, game's over. Like, do I do it? What do I do now? Do I just die and come back to life? Do I do, do I do a reincarnation here? Did I win? Like, how does this work? <laughs> and so I said, All right, if my goals were that easy to reach, clearly I either set very low goals or I am just way overqualified or prepared for the goals that I have. So now the goals that I've chosen are much bigger and they're much bigger than me. And this is what I was talking about with happiness. Happiness is found in the process because I got to be honest, once I achieved all the goals, I was like, wow, what the hell do I do? And and that's a real thing. A lot of people experience that. So my goals now are to impact 1 billion lives positively. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that. I imagine it'll be things like this. Right? Maybe I impacted your life, maybe a few listeners, hopefully. And so that's one of my big goals. I have an immeasurable, because I have no idea how I'll even categorize that, uh, but I'm always going to be working towards it. And you see happiness in the human spirit, in our heart, and our spirit, our, our, our spiritual self, no matter what people believe. That's my belief. But in the spiritual self, I've come to understand we have this unlimited capacity and we have this constant desire. To progress in life, we have this constant desire to do more and be more. And so, the goal of impacting one billion lives is the is the goal that's gonna. I don't think I'll ever reach, and I don't want to, honestly. If I reach that, then I got to be like, all right, now I got to impact five billion. Which, fine, let's do it. Let's do let's do eighty percent of the human population. Let's go for it, right? But it's one of those things that, as long as I have something to work towards, I'm happy, and that's every human, honestly. So I set that really big goal. And I have a child. I have a daughter. She's 11 months old. And that has given me a lot of purpose. I want to be an inspiring figure for her always. I want to be someone that she could look at and say, that's my dad and be proud. And that's a lifelong goal too. I have to do that until the day I die. Because if I ever slip up, she might not be proud of me. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not concerned with slipping up and her not being proud of me. I'm concerned with not being the man I know I could be to show her how a man should be. And so there's a lot of great responsibility that keeps me happy. I virtually see almost everything I do as something that joins into my happiness, right? I'm on this mission to impact all these lives. I'm on a mission to impact and change the way people view mental health because I think mental health still has a lot of stigmas and needs to be reworked. I'm on a mission to impact my own family, my daughter specifically. And um, all of these things create a lot of happiness in my life because I'm always working on being better and being so much for the world.
0: On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Line. Thank you so much indeed.
1: Thank you, Ajay.